0: Hello, thank you for joining us for a new episode of Insight Coast to Coast. I'm Lauren Long, coming to you from the East Coast, and to represent the West Coast is Aaron Simon. Hey, Aaron.
1: Hi, Lauren. Thank you, as always. I'm Aaron Simon, coming to you from sunny San Diego, California. We have a wonderful show today, and before we get started, we want to remind you, if you haven't already, to like, follow, and subscribe to Site101 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, so you can stay up to date on the latest happenings in smart cities and building operations technologies.
0: I'm also happy to say that we are now available for your listening pleasure on many popular podcasting platforms, Mm -hmm. specifically Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. So for those of you who are into the whole theater of the mind thing, or just wanna listen to something besides the Stuff You Should Know, or Dr. Death podcast in your car, you can find episodes of Insight Coast to Coast on all those pla- podcasting platforms.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Links to all those media channels are going to be in the info box if you're watching this on YouTube and right below this video if you're watching it on our website. So do check us out. Um, in today's episode, we want to talk about smart moves specifically for buildings, both literally and figuratively. Meaning today we want to talk about how... The current ways of building of the building world are fast becoming just the old hat ways of said world, and are not going to cut it in the future. And as such, it is officially time for buildings to move to something new, and that something new would be a smart move to smart technology. Get it? Eh. All right, so we're going to start with why the current or rather the old hat ways of buildings are just simply no good anymore. So in past Coast to Coast episodes, we have touched on a lot of the reasons why the vast majority of buildings today are indeed inefficient, cost way too much, and uh, traditional approaches to building operations don't actually solve buildings' problems. And one of the things we haven't really talked about is sicknesses, um, specifically of users and occupants of buildings or rather people like you and us. So, uh, to start, uh, we saw from a Danish, manu- Danish manufacturing giant, Velux, uh, found that up to 90 million Europeans spend the majority of their time in what can be described as inadequate buildings, meaning where two thirds of the building stock is more than four decades old, and only 10% of the buildings can be graded as an A or B in energy performance certification. Now, of course, when people are in areas that are too cold, poorly ventilated, or just even noticeably uncomfortable for more than simply 2 hours a day, they are twice as likely to report poor health conditions and slow brain functions.
0: Hmm. I always liked the idea of hibernating in cold weather, so it's it's nice to know that cold conditions are scientifically slowing down my brain processes and it's it's not just in my head.
1: It is absolutely pure cold biology. Really good. <laughs> Another survey we found from the World Green Building Building Council showed 81% of respondents have trouble concentrating if the indoor temperature is, again, just simply noticeably uncomfortable. And 62% said it would take them uh, a quarter, or rather 25% longer to conduct a task if their temperature was too hot for them to actually be in the building. Also saw a double-blind study from the Harvard Business Review where researchers observed two groups of employees in the same office space at different time periods, where one group uh, the space provided w- was conventional ventilation, um, and the other group had double double the ventilation rate. So that significantly lowered amounts of volatile organic compounds and carbon dioxide in the air. And both groups were given standardized tests at the end of each day to try to quantify their cognitive function. The results showed that the biggest improvements in areas that tested how workers used information to make strategic decisions and how they plan, stay prepared, and strategize during crises were particularly noticeable in the group where the double ventilation happened. Even perk preferences of applicants for specific jobs were of those were those of smart technologies. So in one poll we found that while 29% of office workers surveyed would prefer kind of low-tech perks like a ping-pong table or uh, free food, full-stock kitchen. 58% would rather have Internet of Things solutions, augmented or virtual reality tools, or AI-assisted features with integrated into the building. Wow. So, arguably, of course, uh, getting these these high-demand perks would prove to make the building more enjoyable for those majority of requesters and ultimately lead to a more productive environment and better building. However, even with these and the the countless more data-backed facts that demonstrate that the traditional building world is at the least making people not as healthy and productive as they could be, uh, we found making a smart move for most buildings that are dumb currently uh, isn't in the highest of demand, at least not yet.
0: So one may ask, what's the holdup? We have plenty of good data to back up why it's time for a change and people are definitely talking about it. Uh, We've been to a couple of smart city conferences lately and it's a very hot topic um, to talk about how these systems are being implemented to make a building smart. I would say so much so that people actually are perceiving that they're further behind the curve when they aren't. Um, So one of the biggest obstacles to getting a smart building or making that smart move is defining why. As Aaron said, there is a lot to support smarter buildings out there as it relates to people's health and productivity, but some may need more concrete reasons to get started on the move. If you're looking at a system that integrates your censored lighting with your HVAC unit, you need to know why this matters. AKA rooms that are dark can fall to cooler or warmer temperatures, but those with activity need to be held at that perfect 68, 69, 74 degree temperature. If parts of your building are connected, but you don't understand why, it's a pretty dumb move. Also, today most buildings are older and weren't built with smart systems throughout them, or maybe haven't even been upgraded in years or decades. Uh, We all like to save money, and the perks of replacing carpet and repainting walls equate to that awesome immediate gratification. But we don't see most systems, so we don't have that same immediate result. Uh, I like to bring up the horse and carriage example. The horse and carriage system wasn't broken, so there was resistance to change, but it wasn't efficient, and so it was replaced by cars. So the need to upgrade your buildings might not be obvious, and there are other issues that complicate it all, um, such as older systems not working with new technology, having to teach staff new software or processes, and an overall lack of standardization. Well, it's not an immediate change. To become a smart building, the moves to get you to smart are simple enough to start. Um, I think healthy buildings and economic value go hand in hand, and everyone from occupants to operators and owners can benefit from them, making it well worth the effort to get over those speed bumps I just mentioned Uh, We've mentioned in the past how awesome buildings will be, as well as various projections on efficiencies, improvements, etc. And now we all know that we'll actually live better and be more productive. So we just have to start.
1: Exactly. If buildings make some smart moves and start making them now, you know, the benefits literally grow exponentially. Because people will have better working and living conditions. So they'll work and live better, which leads to them making cooler, better, more efficient things um, in those living and and working conditions. And then they go and visit and patronize those better buildings wherein the working and living conditions are best. And then the benefits just keep going round and round. And again, like we said, exponential growth. No downside as far as we see it.
0: (laughs) Win-win. Um, So that wraps up today's episode. Thanks for everyone for tuning in however you did. And again, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to Site 1001 on the socials and check us out on your favorite podcasting app um, if you haven't already. We'll see you next time. Bye, Aaron.
1: Bye, Lauren.